Welcome to Leading with Curiosity. Command and control leadership is dead. We interview leaders, entrepreneurs, and executive coaches challenging old paradigms and fostering cutting-edge leadership. Here's your host, certified executive coach, Nate Leslie. Welcome to the show, everybody. My name's Nate Leslie, and today I have a friend and guest, Howie Outerbridge, with us. Howie's the managing director at Logan HR in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. He's a certified Canadian counselor and associate certified coach. His education is in science, teaching, counseling, and a doctorate in education. He specializes in career and transition counseling, career management, executive coaching, LinkedIn, branding, just to name a few. Today, we're going to explore certified coaching in career transition, in his own leadership, and the differences between counseling and coaching. Howie, welcome to the show. Nate, thanks. You know, there was one thing that I was really hoping you were going to highlight in my, my intro and you left out, and it was the number of goals that I scored in the Rec Hockey League, right? Like, that was going to be a really big part of my intro. What that- happened? Uh, you know, every story has to have an arc, and that was going to be the peak of it. So, spoiler, uh, let's jump, wow. let's confuse everybody with executive sure. coaching and recreational hockey coaching right off the hop. And uh, yeah, let's go straight to, to rec league hockey. Where would that have happened if you had scored a lot of goals, which I have a feeling you didn't? Where would that have theoretically taken place? Well, you know, um, this would have been on the North Shore uh, of, of course, uh, British Columbia. So North Vancouver in the uh, Rec Hockey League, in the co-ed hockey league, of course, where I played with my wife and her identical twin um, on the same line. So, you know, we had a little bit of the Sedine twin thing going on. So I was always uh, left out because I didn't have that, uh, that twin intuition that they talk about, which I've seen in action on the ice. Well, you know... Things work out for a reason, and you're so good at some other things that we're going to talk about today. So, you know, maybe we can just leave that behind us and um, move forward. Yeah, sounds good. Out. Yeah, let's okay, let's right talk on. about that. Absolutely, let's let's cool. leave that. Let's leave that out. Awesome. So, I'm curious. First and foremost, you and I met at Railroads University in the Certified Executive Coaching Program, and I'm curious about the impact that that has had on the client experience at Logan. Yeah, absolutely. Now I gotta say, you know, heading into the Royal Roads program, uh, I was a little skeptical, I'll admit. You know, I, you know, 20 years of, of counseling, uh, credentialed counseling, um, suffered through a doctorate, you know, had been working in various helping roles over the years. So when I looked at the coaching program, I, I, was, I was skeptical. Um, but, you know, there was something that uh, I know you've walked away with a lot as well, but at the heart of it, there is this, um, this practice, right, this methodology that I apply now in, in a much more disciplined manner when I'm working with my clients at Logan, and, and the impact on them is just, a, I think, a clearer, crisper experience that they have. So that, I think, is at the heart of the, how it's impacted the client experience. It's funny, as you mentioned that, I think you and I were paired up on one of the first days where we literally started to have to practice the art of asking questions. And it sounds simple. And we were clumsy. We were clumsy at it as as a trained counselor yourself, too. What do you uh, just tell us a little bit about what what type of client comes to Logan and what you can can help with If, if we sort of focus maybe on the senior leaders? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, our firm really were 
two parts, right? So it's the it's the coaching, executive coaching practice. So senior leaders that uh, that are looking to for some support, um, are looking to grow in a certain area. So that's sort of the the classic coaching client, executive client that we would work with. Um, I would say in the Vancouver market, our our firm is known for the work we do in the career transition space. So you're an executive, um, you come into the office on a Wednesday morning, HR knocks on your door, next thing you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're packing your bags and, and you've, you've had your last day at, at the office. Um, so a lot of people, this happens in an unexpected manner, and it can be quite sudden and traumatic for them. So, so the coaching shifts in, uh, there's a little bit of perhaps grief counseling at the beginning, um, and then we kind of shift into, okay, so what, how has that impacted your, your brand, um, the next chapter, your family life, where you're, where you're choosing to live? So um, that would be the other executive uh, client that we would work with, yeah. someone who has experienced unexpected job loss and is now looking to have a brand strategist slash coach slash group counselor work with them to, to um, support them. Right. So you've got the, the branding. A lot of them probably, if they've had a job a position for a long time, haven't had to think about finding a job, resume, LinkedIn presence. What is their brand? Is that, uh, does that come suddenly clear to them? You know, it's, it's uh, one of the things that makes working with, with people so fascinating is just the range of experiences that we have. Right. And yeah. so our clients are no different. You know, we've had, um, People that have, have walked into those those meetings that are wobbly need and really have a, a problem even communicating, um, and we have people that walk in and are and are ready to uh, they're ready to get to work. So so much of it depends on you know the resilience that people have, um, the experience that they have dealing with very stressful unexpected situations. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you know we work with people. There's a buffer. We're able to to connect with people in a way where they feel. Um, like they can be vulnerable, they can talk about some some critical things, uh, and then we can get to work in a very uh, strategic manner on their brand and on on the next step. And just to put it in context, are a lot of these clients coming to you as part of their kind of severance, or, or they they've found you on their own and they're gonna they're gonna fund it? I, I'm sure people are just curious how someone ends up walking through your door. Yeah, yeah, and you know we um it's. It's for the most part, it's, uh, you know, it's a package that's provided by the, the organization um, as a way to support a departing employee. Um, you know, we, we, again, when you do good work in a small, a small city like Vancouver, um, word gets around. So mm -hmm. we have um, just a web of alum that have, have experienced the Logan, uh, the Logan program and, and talk about it. So that leads to, um, we've got you know, my, my son's at home, you know, he can't find work to, yeah, I've got another executive that is looking to make a change on, on her own and needs a little bit of support. So it's a bit of everything, you know, a bit of everything. Yeah. If we shifted back to what you're bringing to the table, like many of us, you're wearing a few different hats. I've heard branding, I've heard counselor, especially in the early stages of it in, in, in kind of the grief counseling mode and then your executive coaching skills. What yeah. do you do when you're working with a client to just kind of articulate which one of those hats you're wearing? Sure. And it's, you know, it's, it's very, it's critical. And I think it's at the heart of being in that coach seat, right? Um, you know, I've learned over the course of my career, uh, 
you know, there are multiple hats that, that you wear, you know, student, parent, athlete, um, you know, friend, uh, and coach, right? So, so it's, it's pretty clear when I'm in that coach, and this is, you know, going back to the first part of this, this methodology, this discipline that, that we've, we've learned and we've adopted as coaches, it's quite clear for me, you know, if I'm in that coach mode, then, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to talk about confidentiality and we're going to establish the contract, et cetera. So uh, it's very clear for my clients, um, you know, who I am as opposed to uh, whether I'm writing a proposal or whether, um, you know, I'm talking to one of our account reps about, about something else. So, so yeah, there, you know, what's interesting though, is that I'm sure you found this as well, is that there's this spillover. So I've had, uh, you know, whether it's my daughter at home or, a few of the the coaches that I work with here, you know, they're like, wow, that was a really, that was a coach question. How we like, yeah. where did that come from? Yeah. So it does yeah. spill over into, into other, other elements, but um, at the heart of it, this, you know, this world worlds program and this coaching uh, approach really has helped me with, you know, managing um, our teams and managing relationships. Um, it's also made me a much better proposal writer. I'll just, I'll just, say that right now. <laughs> oh well, wow. tell me tell me more about that. Well, you know, in the past, right, I would be tasked with writing uh coaching proposals. So, you know, we're going to approach an organization and bid on a contract. Um and before going through the coach the coaching program at Royal Roads, you know, again, you just you don't have the the insight into the discipline and the methodology and the language or you haven't run executives through a 6-month coaching program and so you might not have the best sense of what the cadence might look like. So mm. having been through the program, you know, I've been immersed in the, the literature and now having um, coached uh, a number of executives myself, I've got a, a much better sense of what a successful six month coaching engagement looks like. And, and that just leads to stronger writing. Yeah. Yeah. That seeing that journey that has to happen. This is about behavior and a way of seeing the world, a way of seeing your own situation and the world around it. Uh, sometimes in one hour, awesome breakthroughs happen. And sometimes it's in the work that they do in between sessions. And so I can see that you go from like, what could we do around a table right now hmm. to what could happen? What could be different six, eight months from now? if we took the time to kind of map it out like that, that that's what's kind of coming to mind as the coaching journey, as you describe that, uh, that proposal writing. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, back to being skeptical, right. Heading into Royal roads and not really sure, you know, I did a, a ton of research like you probably did on the program and talked to people that had come out of the program. That's still a little skeptical, but you know, again, just another concrete way that, uh, that the Royal roads program has changed me. And, um, you know, our firm, we had a big coaching win uh, last year. We won a, one of the proposals that I wrote um, came through in the end, which again, which is, I think wow. it's nice to have those concrete examples of, ah, that actually did make a change, you know, yeah. as, as indicated by that, that most recent proposal. So, yeah. Can you remember a moment when you went from skeptical to, oh, I get it. I see the value of this. Like, wow. Okay. I'm in from from skeptical to to bought in do you remember a moment oh good question um i don't know if there was one moment in particular i think it was it was a combination um it was a combination of uh, i'm not sure if you remember the exercise that we did but there were just 
uh, piles of powerful question cards. And um, the, the, the exercise was without any sort of order was just to randomly start asking each other these questions. And mm -hmm. what was remarkable was it didn't matter the order or what pile the card came from or when you were supposed to ask the question. If you just asked someone one of these powerful questions, it was remarkable the impact that it had on them. And so I experienced that going through that exercise, but also you know, asking those questions could see it in, in people. So yeah. that was one. Um, I think the other thing was, was again, back, I've used this word a few times now, the methodology, right? And the understanding of this is how much time we have and let's establish what we're going to talk about and let's work our way through this, um, this contract. Let's work our way around this, this topic that you want to explore during that time. But to be very intentional about asking, you know, midway through, you know, how are we doing? And at the end, you know, how did we do making headway on this? So those are just, you know, that also added to the, um, the aha of, wow, this, this coaching uh, practice and methodology is, um, is very powerful. I had, uh, I had, I had two moments. One in our program, we have a colleague who we were watching a demo and there was just this moment after a question that could have been interpreted in a number of different ways, just this moment of clarity. And I don't remember, or don't know if you remember the, uh, the belly laugh that suddenly came after like followed sadness. He was there, there's a real struggle. There was a real issue. And then suddenly this, this, this belly laugh in a moment of clarity, like I've got it that he wouldn't have come to without that, that conversation. And it was, you know, career oriented and mixing of career and, and home life, everything kind of coming together, which was really cool. Yeah. The other day I watched a coach demo in, in part of a facilitation a company called the Roy group out of Victoria that I'm recently partnered with. And the woman had a training from Australia, but also accredited with the ICF with the international coach federation and watching the demo with someone who had training other than ours nail it in a way that was awesome and very in line with the methodology so it's like okay okay good you know it was, it was fun to see someone really nail it and and observe all these uh, all these marks that were sort of being hit in the conversation and being really helpful in a way that lined up with the ICF um you know uh, what the, the competencies that we're trying to hit this um let's steer back we're getting into the the details a little bit that might be uh, overwhelming people that are just kind of dabbling in this executive coaching thing might be a good segue for you to delineate the difference, the fundamental differences between counseling and coaching. Sure. Yeah. You know, this is, um, this is a really good question. And I think a lot of people are, you know, are talking about this as, as more people are, 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 sort of wondering like what a coach is, right? And what a leadership, what a life coach and how that might be different than an executive coach or a mentor or a consultant, et cetera. So the, there's a lot of language out there and I'll do my best to, uh, I don't think I have the, the answer because there's a lot of gray area here, but uh, certainly I think starting with what the similarities are is a, is a, great, is a great way to go about this, right? Um, and so what do the two, what do the two uh, titles have in common? So. I would say both um, excellent listening skills, communication skills, you know, both require people to be present, um, you know, and to sort of set that person in front of you as the most important person um, in the moment. 
I think empathy is a, is a really important part as well, especially for, for the work that I do in, in uh, career transition and, and unexpected uh, job loss. Um, having been through it a few times, you know, I know how, I know how I felt. I don't know how the other person feels, but that gives me a better understanding. Um, and I think so empathy is, is an important skill for both coach and counselor to have. I think um, understanding behaviors, where they come from, being curious, being observant, and then also, you know, being able to get at what's beneath the surface, um, the, maybe the emotional components that um, are um, guiding behaviors or are um, shaping the way that someone um, reacts. So, you know, there are a lot of similarities between, again, counseling and coaching. Um, so, if I can stop, I think, you, if I can stop, yeah, stop for you there, sure. just pry a little bit. Um, where does really understanding like human psychology per se come into counseling that we yeah. on the executive coaching side, that's not part of the training. And that's where we need to be able to say, I might not be the best person for you in this moment. So let, let's start there. How, how much more psychology is in counseling? Yeah, you know, so how much more psychology is in counseling? So I think really, you know, one of the differences, um, Nate, is that, you know, if you might see as a counselor, you might spend or you, you probably would spend quite a bit more time delving into the emotional elements of, um, you know, what people are, are struggling with. Now, that being said, uh, there's a real movement towards um, grief counseling, sorry, um, grief counseling, right? So you might not have as many sessions with the individual and you might have to, from start to finish, work a person through a pathway or continuum of change in a short amount of time. So, um, so but, you know, to answer your question though, from a, a psychological standpoint, um, you know, there is inherently a, quite a bit more, I would say, that, that comes into play when we look at um, a counselor and someone who holds that that title or that credential. Um, but again, when we look at some of the, and I just pulled one of these definitions out because I want to just run it by you. If we look at, um, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is a really common um, uh, practice in counseling, right? It's very, it's action oriented. Yeah. And when we look at sort of the purpose, the purpose is to change the outcomes you know, by altering the beginning of, of thoughts, um, images, and attitudes, but ultimately you're trying to shape the person's behavior in the future, right? <laughs> and that is what we do when we work with our executive coaching clients. We look at um, issues of confidence and we look at things that they can do when they start to feel a little bit shaky at the beginning of a presentation, what they can do in order to ground themselves and ultimately hit that, that presentation out of the park. So that's that's counseling, it's coaching, it, that's where we see that overlap, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My focus with executive coaching is around leadership effectiveness, which is your ability to enhance the capabilities of those around you, which therefore is behavior. Your human behaviors, positive and negative, perceived and real, so it's all connected to that behavior piece and, and really the way you're viewing the world, the way you're viewing that moment and the way you're kind of interacting with it. No different than a lot of what you just described, whether it's dealing with another leader or someone that you're leading or about to, to uh, you know, you get the shakes before a presentation. It's around those tangible 
identifiers and those, those sort of moments of clarity of, of shifting behavior, shifting thought patterns, right? Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that comes up a lot and, and it came up in our Royal Roads program a lot, right? When the definition of counseling was, was shared, it would be, you know, focuses on the past problems and not really about the future. And you see it over mm -hmm. and over and over again. Um, and that's um, my professional opinion is that's not the entire truth because, you know, if I'm looking, if I'm looking at uh, from a counselor perspective, I'm looking at in, in a lot of ways, the same sort of um, same sort of goals, right, which is to um, empower somebody and to have them grow in a way where they will um, be in a better position to deal with what comes next in the future um, after we have some time together. So it's yeah, a lot yeah. of similarities. And where does advice fit in? Just for the listeners, you and I tie our hands, our, our advice giving hands behind our back as much as possible in the executive coaching role. It's not our job to judge or to, to give advice, but rather to observe and let the client um, deconstruct those observations in a way that's useful for them. As a counselor, where does that, uh, that advice come into play? Sure. Yeah, and this might tie into something that we talk about, um, you know, in the next little bit. But, you know, again, counselors, coaches, we have the ability to develop our style and to figure out how we want to use that title to help somebody or coach somebody. So from a, a counseling standpoint, and, and we know this from the research, coaching research as well, is that if you tell somebody something or you um, suggest a course of action, uh, the overall impact and the chance of them actually carrying that out will be much less um, if they come up with that plan on their own. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I bring into my coaching practice and my counseling practice is this concept of, you know, empowerment and having it come from the individual. So, so very rarely uh, do I give advice in my sessions. However, um, if there are instances that I can share or things that I've learned that might be of service to my um, my clients, then I will share it in a way that um, doesn't feel like it's preachy or um, you know or prescriptive, so to speak. Mm -hmm. it, for those that make it to the end of this interview, which I'm sure will be basically everybody, uh, the, and they hear my <laughs> outro, we mentioned that the brain behaves very differently when encouraged to think rather than told to listen. What's the neuroscience of coaching, counseling, no different. Uh, here's actually a good segue, because I think that's, you're, you're saying even in counseling, even when you have you know, some gold that might be of use, the more the, the, the client can create their plan of action, their clarity, articulate what's important to them, the buy-in is much more significant. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier parenting and partnering with your wife, yes, to a question way back when, how is it influencing other parts of my life? It influences all around us. Um, yeah, tell me a bit about that hat that you wear as parent and husband and the insights that you've gained through your coaching practice. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm, uh -oh. I'm fortunate, but my wife and I, we just actually on the weekend, we celebrated our 20th year of knowing each other. Um, oh, wow. so we, yeah, so we, uh, we spent, um, you know, we spent a night uh, downtown in a hotel and uh, we're fortunate enough to do that. My daughter was able to um, spend her first night at home alone with our 80 pound uh, guard dog. So, so 
but, uh, but you know, at the heart of it is really that the, you know, one thing that came up for my wife on, on our, um, our time away was just the fact that we're, uh, we're a really good team, a good team. And I think, you know, I am programmed to listen and to, I'm programmed to read emotion and observe. That's just one of the things that has always been a, it's been a, a skill that I've, that I've had. So that has, has been great. It's been great as a, someone who I can, I can support my wife and, and really understand maybe what the emotional elements are, yeah. but then also using those skills with my daughter as well are, are quite, are quite useful. So again, those are, those are common skills to a, a counselor or a coach, right? And um, I think one other thing too, uh, Nate, that, that really I was reminded of is just the importance of being present for, for people when you're, when you're communicating with them. So you know, if your daughter's telling you about a, um, you know, she, she wants to read you her, her uh, paragraph that she wrote for English, like you stop making toast and you sit down and you listen to that. Right. Those, those moments are, are precious. So, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm getting the chance to try it with a six and a seven year old. So they're full of questions right now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just answering their question with a question. Well, what, what, why is this thing like this, dad? Why does that crane, you know, why is it long on one side and short on the other? Well, what do you think might cause that to, uh, you know, to, to be a certain way, just throwing the questions back at them. And uh, I don't know. Well, if you did know, what would you say? Uh, and then they'll just nail it, right? It's been, it's been, been super fun. And with my partner, with my wife, you know, someone tells you a challenge they're having and the pre-coach Howie and Nate, well, maybe not you as a counselor, pre-coaching Nate would think I needed to have a solution. And now instead, um, what could I ask next that would be useful? And it's, mm -hmm. it's a game changer, right? It's in leadership and life, it crosses all boundaries. Um, let's start to move to wrapping this up, Howie. I'm just wondering... As we look at as we look at people creating a brand for themselves, and in your role, a lot of, I'm hearing a lot of what you do is in, in in the career transition. What what opportunities do people have you seen someone create for themselves as they go through the coaching and sort of discovering this new opportunity from what seemed like a really tough situation? Yeah, interesting. You know, and sometimes I think I think this is certainly you know as coaches we all strive to have, um, or I certainly do, is to you know be of value to my my clients. And and one thing that that I know is of value to them is just the expertise with the career and the career transition and you know my doctoral thesis in in career development and how people develop um, and what happens to their careers and what what a career actually is. So so what's interesting is that um, a lot of the aha moments or a lot of, I think my clients would say that they have come to this understanding that where they're at in their career is actually pretty darn good. And that this understanding or this, this urge to leave and to find you know, greener pastures is really not necessary because when they really get down to what it is they value and what it is they cherish and what's important to them, most often those things are present for them in their, their current roles. So yeah, but until you have that opportunity to work with a thought partner and, uh, you know, who's not your boss, who's not your wife or your 
your partner, right? Um, yeah. You might not have uh, the ability to unpack that in a really confidential sort of thoughtful way. Yeah, right on. And are most of your clients Vancouver based or do you are you able now in this new world to work with a wider geographic audience? We're still, I, I mean, Zoom has changed everything for, I know it's changed, we were talking about this, uh, you and I, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's changed things. So we, you know, nationally, we, we do have a, a network of, uh, of partner offices that we can rely on if we need to. Um, we've really found that just tapping into experts that we have on our team that live in Vernon or Kelowna or uh, that live in Victoria, uh, people don't really that doesn't bother them. They just, they want the, they want access to the, the coach. So, so yeah, we're working with people from, from all over the place. Right on, right on. Well, if someone uh, is listening to this and is in a stage of needing or really keen to explore new opportunities, how would they best reach you? You know, I always direct people to LinkedIn uh, just because it's such an easy way to get a sense of who I am as a person and uh, just you know what I'm involved with in the community as well as academically and from a work perspective. So uh, there's a lot to be said for just clicking on a, a, and messaging me directly through LinkedIn as opposed to you know going to our website, which is horrible by the way. And uh, <laughs> right, so don't go to our website. Just find me on LinkedIn. I would love to have those conversations. And uh, that's actually my LinkedIn. In my LinkedIn, um, I, I specifically say that you know. I, I love those kinds of conversations and make time for them because it's uh, it's very it's important work that 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 we do in this space as coaches. Right on. Well, we'll make sure I have your LinkedIn link and I'll make sure that I uh, put it in the show notes. And I just want to thank you for your time. It was really great to hear about uh, how things are going and how the application of coaching has meshed well with your doctorate in education that we didn't even get to. That's for another conversation and your 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 life in the world of being in service of others and helping them through what can be challenging times and it was uh, awesome to catch up with you howie you bet nate always good to have a conversation with you um thanks for uh, having me on your show it's a it's a it's a it's an honor right on this was howie outerbridge managing director at logan hr in vancouver british columbia thanks for listening to leading with curiosity Please share, follow, and rate the show so that other leaders can make positive change in the world. Connect with Nate at natelesley.ca. And remember, the brain behaves very differently when encouraged to think rather than told to listen.